Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast is brought to the good people by a bunch of blinds of Lee Summit. Budget blinds! Did you know Budget Blinds of Lee Summit is your home for signature series automated shades, and they provide safer environment for your kids, your family, and even your pets. All hail those robot shade overlords. And you know what else makes me more cool? I know, but you're going to tell me anyway. I'm going to tell them. Tell them. Programmable features allow you to use heating or cooling only when you need it, thus providing maximum energy efficiency for your home and, more importantly, your pocketbook. They're going to bring you safety and save you dollars. So, if you are ready to add this smart home feature to your home, go see our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Jason the next second. Oh, hell. Hello and welcome to this Friday Conversation edition of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. Today we are back talking with our city council candidates. This week it is District 2 and we have with us today Andrew Felker. Andrew, welcome. Hello, how are you? Thanks for having me. We are going to start this off. It's not just you though, Nick. I don't want to introduce you. I know, it's Friday so I'm still here. That's not good. He hates election season for this reason. (laughs) You know, it used to be Friday was my show. I didn't have to share. I have encroached. There we go. We're going to do this like we do all of the others. We have sent a questionnaire out to all of the candidates prior, and so we're going to use your words against you, or actually use those answers to delve in a little bit so that voters have a chance to know who you are as they go to the polls and make their decision for city council. There are four of you in District 2, so Mm -hmm. there are choices to be made. Let's dig in. I'm going to ask you the really hard question first. Why are you running? No. Good question. No, it's not. Really. <laughs> no, this is totally our softball. So yeah, sure. Well, you know, there's a couple of things that come to my mind when I think about why am I doing this. Uh, one may be a bit cliche, but the desire to serve has always been a part of who I am and how I feel about the communities I live in. I want to be a part of them uh, and contribute to where I'm going to live, where my family's going to grow up. Second, uh, when I when Sarah and I moved to Lee Summit. I would say that we didn't really know how good we had it. I mean, we've just been thrilled as our kids have gone to school uh, and we have gone to the parks, engaged in our downtown and local businesses, and just been involved with the communities we live in. It's uh, really a great place to live. Uh, and to be frank, it's something I'm really proud of and proud to tell people about. And so I, I want to be able to say that to my kids when they get older and they say, hey, you know what, Dad, um, I'm, I actually might want to come live next to you or close to you. Uh, I want to be able to say with confidence that at least Summit remains a great place to live. And a third part of that for me is something I'm actually kind of learning as I go along. So uh, visiting with voters from District 2, knocking on doors, what I find is that same phrase, uh, Lee Summit's a great place to live. It may not be said precisely by the voters, but they say it in one way or the other. And, and often, sometimes they're saying it by expressing things they'd like to see different. Uh, but it's what I see in them is they love where they live. They want to make sure it remains a wonderful place, a great place to live. So I, I want to be a part of that decision-making process as we go into the future. There's a lot of opportunities in front of us. Andrew, you mentioned you wanted this to be a, a good place for your children to choose to live when they get there. And one of the, I think, the the things that we've been seeing in the city over the last several years is an, is a change in housing demand uh, for that. You mentioned in your... 
uh, questionnaire, uh, which is available at linktothesummit.com. Well done. I've I, trained you well. I am pimp. I have got that going. So, all right. You indicated that you 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 seem to be a little skeptical of, of approving more multifamily development than we currently have, specifically apartments sure. in this regard there. But then you, you, you attempted to sort of balance that by saying you need to be sensitive to the needs of the data that we do have available, the, the housing study from 2017 and the, and the other information that we seem to have floating around there. How do you reconcile those two things with an eye towards keeping where the, a, a city where the median new home price is $375,000 and the median sale price is approaching $200,000, how do you mediate or balance between making sure that we, we're not overbuilding or what have you, but making sure that your children will have an, an affordable home to live in when they want to be that's not in your basement when they're in their 30s? <laughs> none of us, none uh, of us want get, that And answer. you have five kids, so you are going to be, that's going to be a challenge to stuff them all back in the house you are when correct. they're adults. So how do you how do you do that where you keep you, not only make sure that we have an attractive and useful mix of housing, but also make it affordable for people who are starting out? Yeah, so you, you use the word mix of housing, and I'm, you know, in my questionnaire, yes, I did express some uh, reservation about and, and that was a reflection of really some of the things that I was hearing at people's doors. Okay. So as you go out and you knock doors, people say, Oh, too many apartments, too many apartments. Uh, so I'm, I'm not opposed necessarily to apartments per se. Uh, but the, as we move forward, I think we have to look at a, a mixed, uh, development, a mixed effort to see whether we making sure we have different levels where people come in. I sat down with a client uh, and I practice as an attorney and this was a client whose you know, uh, financial means would not be considered at the higher end of things, but they said they, you know, they wanted Lee Summit to be a place where just like they did when they were younger, they had a place to live. So I'm not opposed to the idea of creating different levels where we can and house, whether it be my kids or any other who are trying to make a life in Lee Summit. Uh, but I think that we'll see some opportunities and we we'll, we may talk about property reserve. We may talk about redevelopment throughout the city. But as we look toward creating both residential uh, at residential opportunities, I think we're also looking for commercial opportunities. And as we do that, there has to be there has to be a, a place for people to live, in my opinion, to really draw in what I would like to see, which would be really high quality commercial growth in the future. Sure, and uh, let's let's follow on that. So I think you you you've reached out there. There's a sometimes there's a disconnect between the information we have available to us, the data, the studies, the the things that the council sees, and the the fears or concerns yep. of the uh, of the the regular voter who doesn't spend, unlike the the hosts of this, hours watching. Uh, watching going to planning commission or watching city council proceedings Why on, don't they? on the internet because they are normal people with oh, lives. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and so there aren't outcasts like we are, but who are doing that. So they don't, they don't read the study. Um, and honestly, I mean, like I said, that's more of a fault of us for having done so than anything else. But how do you reconcile those situations where maybe the data is telling you to go that we need something, whether it's apartments or fewer roads or any other thing that might be unpopular to someone who, who hasn't delved deeply into the process to go through and, and figure out what those facts say? Uh, good question. So what I think about is a experience I had at someone's door a couple of days ago. And this individual, she said, she spoke of a prior council member, and I don't recall the name, uh, and the efforts that that council member made to reach out and communicate the different things that were happening 
in city council and other things throughout the city. And what I drew from that was how much I want to make sure I'm communicating con- to constituents, to the voters of District 2, as well as the city as a whole, what's happening and why. And that may be a vehicle, an opportunity to to bring some of that information to the voter. Uh, you know, it could be that I'm, if there's information that I may have learned and I want to hold, a, you know, if you will, a town hall or another type of setting where I can bring people in and have the conversation, I'm willing to say that, or ready to say and, and do those things at different times where sometimes you have to do, make a decision that may not always be the most popular one, but I want to work with constituents to make sure that we can, it, to the extent we can, see eye to eye. There will always be times where we don't, but I want to work toward that kind of a solution, that kind of a, a resolution of those kind of issues. Well, let's jump ahead to to another topic. Uh, you you mentioned opportunities earlier, and we with one of the questions we ask you are, are, are about opportunities that you see. What are what are some things maybe that you get excited about that you want to sink your teeth into if you're elected that you want to dig in first? What are some opportunities there? Sure. Well, when I think about this idea of creating commercial space, and we talk about perhaps Class A space, something that we don't have in Lee Summit. Uh, it's, I think, something that would be a really uh, important thing to, to look into. And how do we get there? And this goes kind of goes back to the question we just talked about, which is housing. Uh, do, you, do you build the housing and the amenities first to attract that commercial developer, someone who's going to be willing to invest that kind of money in a Class A space? Or is, it, is there another means of doing so? And, and to be frank, it's something I want to understand a little better because I don't know the exact path to that. But I think it's something that if, would... If you figure that out, you might be the first. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there may be some trial and error. I mean, unfortunately, you know, trials and errors in a, a city growing and development process can be pretty consequential. So I want to make sure that's a very well thought out process. And so I'm excited. You asked digging into something. I don't know all the answer to those questions, but I truly would like to gather information and make a good decision based on what, what I learned. Where are some things, I, I guess, places that you would go to that you think that you can... can where you can learn more about that. I, I, I like, I appreciate the honesty of you don't know everything and you're sure. trying to trying to learn learn as you go. You, you'd never be the host of this podcast if you would say you don't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to, have to act like you know everything. It's fine. Sure. Yeah. Fine. But but I guess where where do you think you can you you can look to and and you can figure some of that out so that that you can all, not only just make the decision but as you alluded to earlier communicate those decisions and those reasons behind decisions with your constituents right well I think one of the first resources is the members of council that I'll work with and the mayor I mean the reality is I'm going to have to make decisions with them so they may already be uh, digging into information themselves that I can learn from and make and base my own decisions off of that. So I think that's my first one of my first stops, uh, and certainly in, in inviting in you know input from members of the community. There are experts that are, live throughout our community. They may not be in government. They may not have decided to serve in public office, but they have perspective that actually is quite valuable. So I would reach out to them and say, you know, this is something I want to learn more about. Please come to me with information that you have. So I'm in, I'm interested in coming from the voters. Uh, and then, you know, are there resources on a national or organizational levels that I that I uh, would like to tap into? I can't tell you what those would be right now, but I'm willing to look out and find those to see, you know, whether you're you know, talking about different um, Missouri Municipal League, if it has some information that you can tie into, there's probably a whole host of uh, ways to plug in. So I, I don't have a specific answer on that, but I'm happy to look into it and learn more.
Hi, I'm Jane Monroe, owner of Embrace the Grape and District 4 resident. Donnie Funk has my vote for city council, and here's why. Donnie's time serving on the planning commission, his experience in the construction industry, and his work as a small business owner has given him the insight we need on city council. This means that Donnie knows the questions to ask to get accountability for our tax dollars. Donnie Funk is a strong advocate for public safety and will work to ensure police and firefighters, along with all city employees, are well cared for. Join me in voting Funk for Four on April 7th. You, you mentioned talking about using, especially as you first transition and using the city council and the mayor as sounding or as sort of guideposts to help frame decisions, get information, find sources of information Sure. Um, as well. The first thing that really I think people see when, when council members go into is you get elected and you are in budget season like immediately. Mm-hmm. What are your budget priorities and how would you plan to use um, – council members to help you kind of differentiate there's a there's i'm certain to be a difference between campaign rhetoric and uh when the rubber meets the road in in the budget but where where are your priorities in that and and see that see that coming forth in what admittedly may be a very tough budget season sure so this is the campaign so i get do i get to use the rhetoric (laughs) well i mean you can we just might ask you more questions (laughs) well so how do you how do you sort through the budget? And this is, you know, what's in my material. Obviously, some of the things that are the highest priorities is we have to remain a AAA bonded, uh, retain retain that rating as a AAA bonded uh, community. So paying our debts, uh, and then looking really closely at what what matters most for city uh, services in terms of infrastructure and public safety. And, and then kind of filtering down through there, you know, we have uh, a number of things that are the mainstays of our community, including our parks and rec, and then making sure we're, we continue to be a, a resource for businesses. So sorting through that, um, you know, there will be, I'm sure, a lot of uh, looking back at what we've done in the past. Does that still make sense going forward into the future? You, I mean, we can turn to city staff who may have certainly uh, their job is to be in the weeds of their respective areas of responsibility. And while I wouldn't necessarily accept all of those recommendations just uh, and face value and go forward with it, I think it's important to turn to those individuals we've that the city's hired to do that work and and and, you know, vet that information and then have a, a debate with members of council who very well may have strong opinions formed. Uh, uh, no one on the council has no. any. They never no. express strong opinions, especially not like Commissioner Johnson. He has never been known to express a strong he, opinion ever. He's new to town, isn't he? Uh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, not, he's just barely in. Wow. Hey, I, I want to kind of dig in a little bit there, though, because you, you, you talked about maintaining city services there was in the in right before the, the last council election there there was a lot of talk where they were looking at raises for for city employees for for the union the police and fire unions how will you i guess prioritize and look at things because i think one of that debate that came up was we want to do this but can we do it and still maintain the level of services that we provide the entire community so what what is your approach and how will you weigh those priorities against each other because sometimes as a sitting council member, you will have to do that. Yeah. Well, uh, how do you weigh and sort through those priorities? I'm trying to follow your question. So I, we we warned you that sometimes lawyering will not be helpful. They to will you at this point. they will not make sense. We just we just shoot questions at you. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it is. Um, you know, those are those are important questions. How do we how do we prioritize that? 
obviously, you know, there's a, a big question may be, uh, you know, where is the budget going to be going? There's been that projected shortfall and plateauing tax base. Those are some things that I think are that factor into how do, do we take a conservative or a, 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 a freer approach, if you will, to allocating funds. But I think we have to stick to some of the commitments that we made when we decided to um, you know, make consistent reviews of city employee compensation as well as, uh, you know, well, all the city employee compensation. I think we need to keep keep that as something we we do. I think it's a, maybe it's a two-year commitment. I, I can't remember when we actually do the evaluation, um, but I want to maintain that. And then I, I want to make sure that our future with public safety and the folks who, who take care of fire and, and police and our emergency medical services – that we're thinking about what's in the future because as we move into a different kind of growth pattern, and I think we will with uh, property reserve in particular, uh, there's got to be some, I think, really forward-thinking ideas as to how do we make sure we grow in a way that can be maintained with, again, those the basic things that cities are supposed to be responsible for, again, the infrastructure and public safety. Right. So we're in a fall kind of just running the tail of that. What do you think – just sitting here, and obviously the, the the ground may change under us between now and April, and then April moving on. What do you think the, the toughest issues or decisions that you're going to have to make in this coming year to two-year window, like in this first part of your term as a city council member, what do you think is going to be the toughest things that you're going to have to parse through? Well, you've already mentioned the budget. I mean, I think just the fact that it's, I'm you know, as much as I'm trying to review and learn what's going on, it will be a... Um, uh, an experience of trying to take in a lot of information and make decisions that I have a far-reaching effect for the city, for the you know, people who are employed by the city, and, and uh, certainly us as uh, citizens. So that's probably the first thing, just making budget decisions, because I think that's really one of the most important things a city council member does. And then I think the other part that is part of that exciting future is what do we do with our you know long-term strategic plan? I think that's going to take you know, you know, launching off of the Ignite process and determining where are we going as a community. We've we've had these conversations throughout the community. Uh, we're drilling down into how that can be done. And so uh, continuing to have community feedback, you know, consulting, dealing with, and working with the city employees as they kind of work through what does this look like? How do we actually master plan our future? That, to me, I think is pretty exciting because that's where we're saying, okay, Sure, we have good ideas, but now we're actually saying we have great opportunities with the PRI land and uh, other opportunities for development that will come because of that and redevelopment. And how do we make sure that we are where we want to be 10, 20, or 30 or more years from now? As we begin to to wrap up here, I want to I want to. I'm going to change gears a little bit, but I'm going to go back to something you alluded to earlier, and that was communication. That was talking with with your constituents. One of the things that we hear all the time from people that is they want to they they want to feel like their voice is heard but they also they they want to know that they've got a got a part in it. So what are things that you think you can do to make sure that that your constituents know why you're doing what you do, how you know why you vote the way you do, why you support the projects you support and how they can feel a part of the process. What are some things you can do? Yeah. So I'll go back to what I experience I had at the door just a few days ago where um, a constituent, she talked about how she, how much she appreciated getting regular reports from a member of city council about what was going on and how much when she finally met that member of city council, and this was a, a while ago, she said, I felt like I knew him 
and knew what he stood for. So, you know, being able to communicate pretty plainly about, okay, just what's happening? Why do we make this decision? What were, you know, what were the issues that were in council this week or this month? I, I don't know how regular that needs to be. Um, perhaps it's monthly, perhaps it's more frequently, but having that kind of uh, communication via email or otherwise. And then I mentioned earlier town halls. I mean, the chance to just be willing to walk into a room with a group of people uh, and say, you know, I'd love to hear what's going on. What do you think about what's happening? And then say, well, let me tell you why we made these certain decisions and walk through that analysis. I mean, that's part of what I try to do daily, you know, my daily work, both as a attorney and as a dad is say, okay, this is why we're doing it this way. And one of those may be more applicable in this situation than the other, <laughs> but I'm going to leave that, un- I'm going to leave that question unanswered. All right. Well, now we're going to get to, to the big question. This is the only question we have where we will actually judge you. Jason and I not, do not do endorsements, but there is one question where we will judge your answer because there is a right and a wrong answer. If I were to put two plates in front of you, one plate has tacos, the other plate has burgers, which are you choosing? Depending on the kind of taco, it would be a taco. All right. Well, that's close enough. Well, I, you know, I, I kind of feel like he hedged his bet a little bit, I but, am, but, but he did say tacos. He did so get to the right answer. Really, all I'm going to do is, is is say that he picked We're going to chalk in that. That's another one up on Team Taco. Team, 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 team Taco. Right. We appreciate you taking the time not not just to run and put your put your name in in there for everyone but also take some time to talk to us and 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 let the voters know who you are and also for helping us solve a huge public debate which is tacos versus burgers we appreciate it glad to be of help thank you very much and we will talk to everybody on monday You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at link to Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall. Lee Summit.